Okay, I have been uh, in KK uh, sharing with the brothers and sisters there about starting the church in KK. And I told them it's very important that we start it right. Right from the start. Okay? I say some bad things about you that I'm going to tell you. What are the bad things I said? I said some of us here in Taiwan, we've been coming to church. We've been attending faithfully. But that is like a, a ritual that we do, religious, you know. But we are not functioning the way that God wants us to function. Because if we are functioning the way God wants us to function, in a little while we're going to look at the scripture. That means you are coming here to be equipped. You're coming here to be trained. You are the minister. You are the pastor. You are the one who are to build the church. And the apostles, the pastors, the prophets, the, preach, uh, the evangelists, the teachers are here to equip you. But a lot of us, we are waiting and, and, and looking to the pastor, to the apostle, and, and to, to do this work. And we, we point a finger at them because we don't see things. But actually, you are the one who are to make it happen. So I told them in this church in KK, we're not, we don't have a full-time pastor here. But you are the pastor. You are the one to build the church. You are the one to make it grow. So that's why we want to start it right. And this morning, I've just told you what I shared with them. But at the same time, I'm speaking to you. We need to change. We need to get things right. You've got to have a new mindset. When you come, you're here to be trained. You're here. That means you're here to, to really listen. And, you're, and when you go out, you are to serve. When you're here, you're also to serve one another. We want to know the kind of church that Jesus is building, right? When we build according to what Jesus built, then we are building the church of Jesus Christ. If we are just building according to tradition, this is how we do church, well, there's a big problem there because we are not building the church of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am building my church. I am building my church. So Jesus is building his church. Are we building the same church Jesus is building? If not, then we miss it. But Jesus tells us something. When he's building his church, he says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He's telling us when he built his church, the enemy, the devil, will be there to oppose it, will be there to hinder it, to, to, to stop the kind of church Jesus wants to build. The gates of hell is there. So we must understand this. How does the, 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 the devil work to oppose the church of Jesus Christ, to oppose what Jesus is building? Do you know, most of the time, is through Christian. True Christian. Through people in our midst. 
because of human weakness, because of our thinking. We think like this world. We think like the philosophy of this world. Our minds are not renewed. So as a result, Satan captured those loopholes, those broken walls in our life and come in to bring, bring destruction to what Jesus wants to do. Let me give you an example. You know this story, but it's good to remind ourselves because, you know, there, there are some fresh revelation that's coming. Remember Jesus, he was talking to the disciples and he's telling them, oh, I must go to Jerusalem and suffer at the hands of the, uh, the, the Pharisees, a religious teacher. Peter, the disciples, of course, know what he's talking about. They know Jesus is, talking, is saying that these religious leaders, they will crucify him, they'll put him to death. They know that. But Peter, immediately, the Bible tells us, Peter took him aside. At least he's a little bit respectful of Jesus. He didn't rebuke Jesus in front of everybody. You know, he's a little bit Christian. But he took him aside. And the Bible says he rebuked him. Oh, rebuke Jesus. You understand? Rebuild the Son of God. How dare you do that? Why? Because he thinks he is so right. He said, this thing must never happen to you. You cannot do this. Because he feels so right. What's the reason why he feels like that? Jesus said, you mind the things of men. Because he's thinking like the people in this world. He's not thinking what God is thinking. And that's why he has this reaction. You know, for you to rebuild Jesus, you must feel that you are 101% right for you to do that. And he did. So let me stress this. When we think, we reason like, the people in this world, like, you know, according to our emotion, you are potential candidate to be used by Satan. Because that's human thinking. That's not God's thinking. And flesh war against the Spirit of God. That's what the Bible tells us. Do you know how many times our thinking is anti-God, anti-Christ? Because it's flesh. And as a result, Satan comes in and capitalizes on that and wants to stop the work of God because of our feeling, because of our thinking. And then Jesus, you think about this. Jesus responds to Peter. You know, what did he respond? What did Jesus respond when Peter speak like that? He said, you get thee behind me, Satan. I want you to turn the story around. Today, Jesus is the pastor. And Peter is one of his disciples, one of his sheep. And if 
your leader, your pastor, or Jesus is saying, you, get deep behind me, Satan. How would you respond? I think you'll be looking at How dare you? You are the pastor. You are supposed to have love. And you say, I'm, I belong to Satan. You know, how dare you? Wow. I'm really hurt. I'm going to leave the team. I, you know, I'm going to leave the team. I'm not going to serve because you hurt me. I tell you, this story happened over and over and over again in real life. But thank God, thank God, thank God, Peter never did. Peter did not respond like that. I think he knew he was wrong. You know? Because he remembered Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you have to carry your cross. And follow me. To follow Jesus means you're going to receive those nail print, those pain, those rejection, those hurt. You've got to pay the price in order to follow Jesus. And Peter knew he's out of the, out of the will of God. He talks, you know, as Jesus said, Mind the things of man. I'm glad Peter didn't live. Peter continued to stay, continue to follow Jesus and become the chief apostle. Today, a lot of us, we allow Satan to come in. We allow Satan to work. We hinder the work of God at the same time. You know, we are not following Jesus. We are not disciples of Jesus. We don't want to carry the cross. We want to continue to exalt ourselves because we are most important. Jesus, you hurt me. You say this about me. You shouldn't. You are love, isn't it? God is love. And, and you talk like that? What kind of pastor are you? But Jesus knew certain problems are so severe. You've got to deal with the enemy right, you know, hitting the, the forehead of the enemy. You cannot play around. You cannot play around because when you play around, you will be beaten. And you've got to deal with it, smash it right at the head. And that's why Jesus kept it behind me. Because Jesus also knew how it affects him. What Peter said, it will affect him a lot because he's human too. He's the perfect man. He, he knows the suffering. He knows the pain. And if people were to keep talking to him, you know, hey, please, Lord Jesus, don't go to the cross. You know, Jesus, we love you. Jesus, you stay with us. Jesus, you know, we are best friends. Jesus, we are... You know what? Jesus may respond because he's human too. And that's why Jesus deal with the problem and say, get deep behind me. I'm not going down that path because if I go down that path, 
I may want to satisfy my flesh. I may be softened. I may cast off my defense against the, the work of the enemy. I may follow what my flesh is telling me. So that's why something you have to deal with it head on. You have to deal with it ruthlessly. So that Satan will not have a foothold in that situation. So when we say, oh, you know, I, I, I don't want to be involved. You know what? You're talking exactly what the devil wants you to talk. Because that's what he wants to do, to stop the work of God from going forward. And we are doing, we're saying the same thing. We don't realize it. Peter never realized he's being used by Satan. He meant it well. But if you keep holding on and say, you know, I'm, I, I'm being hurt. I don't want to serve. You know something? You're self-centered. Your life is the most important thing. It's you. It's you. It's your feeling. It's, it's you. You're self-centered. You're not, Jesus is not Lord. But Peter, thank God for Peter. At least he come to his senses. He acknowledged. The Bible doesn't tell, but you know he keep on following Jesus. Then you know he knew he was, he, he was, he was not right. Okay? He was not bad. He meant well. But it's just that human, human thinking, the work of the flesh opposed what the Spirit is saying. And that's why Satan comes in. And so many of us, we are being used by Satan without knowing. Because we are Christian. And this morning, I want us to really, really wake up. Be able to see the schemes, the evil schemes of the enemy. Jesus said, I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not overcome it. It doesn't mean there will not be a fight. If you want to build the church of Jesus Christ, if we want to build the church of Jesus Christ, you can be sure there will be warfare. But at the end, the gates of hell shall not overcome. But in this journey, there is a lot of bloodshed. There is a lot of warfare that is going because Satan is working. Satan is working. Okay, I'm not trying to exalt Satan. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I just want to bring you the reality of the warfare, the challenges that we have, that you have. And I don't want you to go the wrong way and be used by the enemy. So I just hope and just pray and just trust that we will be in there. We will be in there. We will not be those who quit. Those who, you know, just play the religious game. But we are there to serve Jesus. This part that I'm sharing with you now, it wasn't in my plan. It's just this morning, I just felt, uh, this is my introduction. I just felt uh, to, to relate this verse uh, to share these two verses. Okay, let's look at 2 Corinthians 10, 
verse 4 and verse 5. Let's begin with verse 4. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. The weapons that we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. You know, we read this verse, we quote this verse, you know, you heard it many times. But this morning, I begin to think about what is the weapons of this world? Because he say the weapons that we fight with are not weapons of the world. How do you fight? When we have a problem, when we have a challenge and so on, how do we fight? What is the weapons of this world? How do people fight when they have conflicts, when they, you know, you know, the, the people of this, the, the, the weapons of this world, we fight with our emotion. Okay, we get angry. You know, we react. That's how we deal with the problem. And as a result, some withdraw because that's the way the world is. But if you are in Christ, you've got no choice. If you're in the body, you've got no choice. You're in the body. But people in the world, well, I don't like it. Too bad. Sayonara. That's the, 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 the way of the world. And the other way that we, we use the weapons of this world is what? Ah, never mind la, never mind la. It's okay la, it's okay. But we never solve the problem. The person never learn anything. They never grow. We we are none the better. We just push it aside and just say never mind la. You know, you know, okay. Just pacify everybody. But the problem is there. It did not go. And then it will become a bigger problem in our life. You see, that's, that's the way we, we deal with it. We, we don't want problem. So we rather not talk about it. We rather, that's the weapon of this world. Isn't that so? Right? We don't want the trouble. We don't want the responsibility of dealing with that problem. It's best that we don't talk about it. Is that what Jesus wanted to build? Is that how we build the church? Is that how we war in the spirit? You think about it. That's the weapons of the world. Paul is saying, hey, we do not you know, face this warfare using the, the weapons of this world. And then, verse 5. On the corner, uh, okay, it talks about divine power to demolish strongholds. Verse 5. We demolish, what are these strongholds? Arguments and Every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So, when we have this sort of problem, Satan wants to come in. And there are strongholds. That is there. Strongholds meaning very firm thought and reason and argument 
you know, that we hold on to. There are this kind of stronghold there. So to destroy this, this stronghold, what do we do? You see, last time we go to the other extreme. Because we understand the weapons of our warfare is not of, of this world, but it's of power, you know, to demolish stronghold. So what do we do? We go into our room, we go, in, in the name of Jesus, we bind you, we bind this, we bind this. That's the other extreme. We are still not dealing with the problem. Because the problem, yes, we know behind it, Satan is working. We need to pray. But if that's all we do, have we solved the problem? Nothing changed. We have not solved the problem. That's not what the Bible says. We, 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 uh, our, our weapons is, is spiritual. That's not what the Bible means. Yeah, it's part of it. It's only a small part of it. We bind. But the real answer is here. Okay? He say, the weapons we fight with, uh, uh, now we demolish arguments. How do you demolish arguments? Because these people, they have their opinion. They are so self-opinioned. They are so strong. They are stronghold. They will not listen. They will not budge. How do you destroy these arguments? You have to deal with arguments with a higher reason, with the truth. There's no other way. You have to go through the process and bring the truth to the people so that those arguments are broken. That means the lies, the deception are broken because the truth has come. The light has come. And that's how you destroy those arguments. I, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about myself uh, in, in this uh, story here, uh, in, in, in this uh, example here. I always try, you know, I'm just like you. I don't like problem. If possible, I try to avoid it. You know, a lot of times I will take it because I don't like dealing with those problems. I will take it because I say to myself, I'm strong enough. I'm able to stand. You want to slander, you want to talk about this, you want to talk about that, it's okay. I'll take it. What's the real reason? Because it's not nice to confront. Just like you, I don't want. I'm using human weapons, human ways of dealing with a problem. You know, a lot of times I do that. But there's one time, the problem is so big. And the prophet, when I went to Cebu, the prophet who didn't know, she didn't know anything. And she said, if you do not deal with it, if you do not confront the situation, the problem will grow and will grow so big. I don't want to say anymore, but that's enough to, to, to tell you, you know, what God's way is, what I should do, rather than you using human ways of, of dealing with problems. Because I want to protect the people. I don't want to say too much. Even though I know a lot more, but I don't want to say it. And they're saying some other thing, other thing. I'm okay. I can take it. 
You see, but if you don't, if I didn't hear what the prophets say, I tell you the work of Jesus Christ would have been destroyed. Not because Satan is so powerful, but because I did not follow the ways of God and did not use the weapons. But that weapon isn't just binding in my room. Don't you think I, have, I, have, I did not do that? You see, sometimes we like the easy way out. We are so spiritual. You know, I pray, I leave it to God. <laughs> you leave it to God, that means you leave it in the hands of Satan. You don't want to take responsibility. You don't want to deal with it because it's unpleasant. You know, I, I thank God for the prophet. And so I woke up and I, I have to take some action. Argument. Okay, you want to destroy those arguments. It means you have to have a higher reason. You have to have the wisdom. You have to have revelation, you know, so that you can deal with those arguments. It's not just by binding and losing. Okay, don't go for the easy way and, and think that it's done. You know it's not done. And then it says here, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Every pretension that set itself up against the knowledge of God. So when we're in that situation, a lot of people, they think, they think they are so right. And they have the word of God. They have the ways of God. They think they are serving God. And that's a warning to us. Sometimes you think you are, you know, you have, you know, you're, you, you're so spiritual, you are so, you know, uh, you know, and, and, and you are pointing fingers and you are accusing and slandering. Just be very careful. Because so many of us, we are so ignorant of the truth. We have partial truth, but we think we know so much. And then we are there to criticize, we are there to judge, we are there to... You know, sometimes talk nonsense. And we're being used by Satan, we don't know. So, uh, it's, it's using the truth, it's having the truth to confound, uh, to, to, conf, uh, to, 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 to confound those arguments, those reasoning, those, uh, uh, what people are thinking. There's, there's no easy way out. This is actually discipling. This is actually discipling. There's no easy way out. You just have to go through the process. You just have to fight the war. There are times there are casualties. When Paul confronted Barnabas, too bad. They cannot agree. You have to part. That's, that's reality of life. Two very spiritual persons dealing with a potential issue. And then they get into an argument. They cannot agree. But you know, one of them is right, one of them is wrong. But they both think they are right. So finally, you have to part ways. That's, that's the reality of, of human life. But it's very sad. Because after that, you don't hear about Barnabas. If he had continued to partner with Paul, 
he will be more effective. He will be, he will be able to do greater things. But he cannot see. Why? Because John Mark is related to him. It's his relative. When emotions are involved, personal, you know, benefits are there. You always cannot see the truth. So as a result, they have to part way. Okay? That's just the reality of, of life. If Barnabas had been like Peter, despite what, how Jesus rebuilt him and, 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 and while well, using names, the worst kind of names when people call you Satan, they call you pig, they call you dog, it's still better than Satan. Isn't that so? People call us pig, dog, it's still better than people call you Satan. But Peter stick with it. Peter take it because he know. And he become the great apostle. Barnabas cannot. Cannot. And therefore, we don't hear about him. He's gone. Right? I'm not saying he's no more preaching. He's no more serving. Yes, I'm sure he continued to serve the Lord. But with what heart? Discouraged? Disillusion? Bitter? How dare you, Paul, treat me like that? Do you know I'm the one who called you from Joppa? I'm the one who brought you to Antioch? I'm the one who raised you up? You treat me like this? Bitter. Bitter. Yeah, he's still served. But only, I guess, because we don't hear about him. We don't hear any revival after that, you know. I'm sure he continues, sir. But limited, limited success. Okay, that, that's a sad, sad uh, 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 ending for, for Barnabas. Okay, and then he said, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You see now, it's a mind. You see, it's a mind that the reasoning that determines your action. If your mind, your thinking, your reasoning is wrong, it's not under submission to the Lordship of Jesus, your action will be the same. Right? Jesus is not your Lord. You are just obeying your own ways. Okay, so we've got to arrest those mindsets. We've got to bring those mindsets to bring it in submission to the Lord Jesus. Now, you see, now Jesus is truly Lord of your life. But if you still have all those reasoning, those your own reasoning, you know, Jesus is not Lord because your heart is already taken captive by the enemy, by Satan. So can you see a lot of Christians, their hearts are taken captive by Satan? But we, 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 we still sing, Jesus, I love you. We still say, Jesus, you're my Lord. 
Isn't that frightening? So today, are you really, Jesus is really your Lord in the way you think, in the way you reason, in the way you serve in a church? Or is it Satan that is taking you captive in your thoughts, in your mind? And that affects your, your, your lifestyle. That affects the decision that you made. Right. But this morning, Jesus said, I am building my church. The church is so, so important to Jesus. Because the church is the body of Christ. God do anything in this world through the body of Christ. He manifests His glory through the body of Christ. We represent Him in this world, in this body. The church is absolutely everything to God. I say this with seriousness. Everything to God. So how dare we to discredit it? How dare we not serve it? How dare we do any other thing but to build up the body of Christ? So when we look at the church as if, well, we want, we like, we don't like, we want to join, we want to serve, we don't want to serve. This morning, if that's the attitude you have towards Jesus, it's towards Jesus because the church is His body. It's His body. He's the head. He, he, he invests everything into the church. And that's why he said, I will build my church. You know, I'll give you the keys of heaven. He withhold nothing back for us to build the church, to do his work. He gave us keys to heaven, access into the heavenly resource. And 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 if I got true to you this morning, this message got true to you, you begin to understand the church is sacred. The church is sacred. The body is the body of Jesus. It's sacred. It's holy. We better not touch it. We better not hinder it from growing. We better be part of it. We better serve. Because his body is sacred. Do you know this morning, I'm still in my introduction. That's not what I want to share, you know, when I plan. But let's just get to the first verse and then we'll close. Okay, and then we'll continue another time. Uh, this is the, the, my main passage, Ephesians one, uh, 4, verse 1. In fact, is, is, is other verses, but let me just close with verse 1 for now. Verse 1, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Live worthy of the Lord. I urge you. Paul is saying to the efficient Christian, I urge you. If you really know God, 
if you really appreciate what He has done, if you really know what He wants to do, what He is doing, if you really know, Paul said, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. To live worthy of the Lord. We live according to the standard that He has set for us. Some people say, Pastor, you know, your preaching is so hard, you know. Paul said, I urge you to live worthy of the Lord. This is the word, this is what God is saying. Do we want to lower the commitment, lower the standard just to please everybody so that we can have a great time every time? But if you're in the law, you're having a great time every time. But if you're not in the law, it can be torturous listening to the preaching and you'll be saying so hard, so hard. You know, other churches don't teach like that. You know, very strict discovery. I hear all this nonsense. Jesus expects nothing else. This is the church He wants to build. This is the type of church He wants to build. And I'm not interested in building a fan club. We want to build the church of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I urge you. So if you're living way below power, you're hiding yourself, you're not serving because of hurts, because of whatever, whatever reason, you're not living worthy of the Lord. Don't live, just continue existing and coming to church and being religious and think that you are doing the pastor a service by being here Sunday. That'll be so sad. That'll be so sad. So Paul is urging the Christian to live worthy, worthy of the calling. The Bible says the calling, God's calling is a high calling. High calling. So we want to arise and deal with the enemy, deal with the strongholds that's in our mind, in our heart, in our midst. It's going to be tough. It's going to be difficult. But we have to deal with that so that the church of Jesus Christ will grow and, and be the glorious bride ready for Jesus' coming. We take it seriously. So this morning, that's why I want to end with this. I urge you to live worthy of the calling that God has given to you. Shall we just stand to our feet at this time?